Hello, hello. Welcome back to this week's episode of Soul Deepen. My name is Elizabeth Anna, and I am your host. And today you're going to meet a very special guest, my older sister, Vanessa, who some people don't know, but she is adopted. And even though she is adopted, to me, she has always been my sister. And there, there hasn't been a difference. In my heart, she was meant to be my sister, and I believe that fully wholeheartedly and so I'm really excited I'm going to keep the intro short because I feel like we did cover a lot and I think I went into an intro kind of at the beginning of the episode so don't want to keep this too long but I hope that you enjoy it that you learn um, about the whole process and how you know one decision can impact somebody and that uh, you know what if you know somebody that maybe you can recommend this episode who is adopting or looking into adoption or somebody who has been adopted. You know, not all the answers are here, but sometimes hearing somebody share their story uh, reminds people that they're not alone. So I hope you enjoy it. As always, I'd love to hear feedback. You can leave a voice memo. You can uh, go ahead and um, leave a comment on the episode or send an email. Thanks, guys. Hello, everybody. Today, I bring with you with me a very special guest, my older sister, Vanessa. Vanessa is 10 years older than me. Um, I was, uh, as a child, I constantly admired her. And as an adult, I still do. And one thing that I think a lot of people, even people, you know, have grown up with us sometimes don't realize that I think is actually a super cool thing that they don't even realize it is that my sister is adopted. And she was adopted um, by my father and his ex-wife before, uh, you know, I came into the picture. So when I was born, she was already there. And um, I was that annoying little sister that just always wanted my sister to pay attention to me. Uh, And so I wanted to bring her on so she could talk about her uh, adoption process and not the process really, because she was younger, but like what it's been like for her um, to be adopted and to see if she can offer any insight about you know, to help anybody else who is maybe has been adopted or somebody who is thinking about adopting. And so just her perspective, her um, experience through it all. And so welcome, Vanessa. Hi, Ellie. How are you? I'm so happy to be here. So happy to have you here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I am Ellie's older sister, and I have watched her grow up. I was very happy to see her and my other sister. She came right behind her. Um, being adopted, it has shaped me in many different ways. I went through a lot of phases and in ways that I didn't even recognize that I was going through phases, but I had to learn to love myself and it's still a process for me. I. I didn't understand how much it affected me until I became an adult later on in life. And I mean, like, even as recent. So my identity through adoption, uh, being an adopted person, has just been very hard and bumpy, confusing, especially with, you know, trying to fit in. So, yeah. What do you, what do you, um, so you're saying that, uh, the experience of being adopted and how it's shaped your identity has been tough because you felt like you needed to fit in. What, why do you think you felt that way? I mean, I understand, but like, why do you think that you constantly felt like you needed to fit in? Um, it's very hard to explain to people that are not adopted. And I always try to say that um, it's like saying to someone, you know, Oh, you know, um. Being pregnant is, you know, this is how I feel. This is what you feel. But the person that can't have a baby can't really understand it, you know, and they don't understand how it feels not to be able to have a baby. So what I mean is that even as a, as a grown person, I still see the family as like they look like each other. They have a lot of similarities as each other. And I, and I know in my subconscious mind that they are 
connected, you know, in a way that I can never be connected. And I try very hard to be connected because it's the only family I know. Okay. So it's the only family I know. I'm very grateful that they, that my father chose me. I actually chose him. It's another story, but, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, I, um, when I learned, it was weird because when I, um, when I learned, I had already felt funny and I, I couldn't explain what it was, even though I, I, I for sure thought I looked like the people in the family. Cause you start blending in. I, I feel like my people look at your picture and they say, Oh, you look like your sister. Yeah. They don't, they don't know I'm adopted. And I kind of chuckle at that because, you know, you start blending in to look like the family. But it, it's it's hard still as right now that I try. I'm so sorry. Um, Don't worry. It's okay. Yeah. But I try very hard to fit in. It, it's a constant thing that I do. I, maybe it's just something that I really don't need to do constantly, but I do it automatically since I was since I've known I was adopted. So how did you discover or learn about um, the fact that you were adopted, and what was your initial reaction? Well, um, I discovered that I was adopted, I believe, in the wrong way and at the wrong time. Um, I was 13 years old, and I was on the phone with my best friend. My mom was away. Now, my mom was already divorced from your dad. And she was away, and I went through her desk as because I was bored and snooping. And I went through some paperwork and I was reading it out loud. And my best friend said, what are you reading? What did you just read? And I said it again. And I'm like, oh, my God, is this a joke? This is weird. And I said, I have to hang up. And I read the papers completely, even though they were in Spanish. But I knew how to read well in Spanish. Um, And it said that my parents had adopted me at four years of age in Costa Rica. And I saw my natural last name, and it was a big shocker to me. And I went through the first phases of changing my identity to the family. I, I didn't feel that I fit, I, fit, I fit in. I knew that everybody knew, and it felt like a big betrayal because I was like best friends with my cousins. And especially two of them. We were very best friends. I considered them my best friends and they had known since the day I came in to the family and they never said it. Um, now that I look at it, I was like, wow, they really kept a good secret, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but did you, ever, did you ever confront them about it? I think I did. I confronted one of them and she said, we were sworn to not mention anything to you. So we couldn't. And, and yeah. they were very scared of their parents. So they, <laughs> they never did it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, they, I could understand that. I mean, uh, did you ever ask, you know, our dad, your mom about why they hadn't told you sooner? Oh, well, that happened the same day I found out. I, I asked them when were they were going to tell me and I don't know if they had really thought about this, but they said they were going to give it to me, the announcement, at my 15th. Because they felt that at 15, I was prepared enough to understand because I was old enough. And I felt that was like the very, very wrong time. Because that's the time when you're always even, you know, when you're even a regular child with your parents that you don't you you always feel like you don't fit in or you're feeling awkward and that's the time when they thought it was going to be appropriate to tell me and I well I found out when I was 13 and I just felt I felt very lost um I I just couldn't understand it I couldn't believe it and I I did it I I started asking myself who am I like who who are my parents where are they yeah, and, and I know that you have um, mentioned how finding out created, like, the whole, um, you know, feeling like you didn't fit in. And how did that play out in different phases of your life? It's still playing out in my, in my life as an adult. Um, I have, I've heard this comment before, and, and it makes, it clicked in my head, like, that is exactly how I feel. And it's called... Um, um, ad- adoption syndrome or um, what is it called? Oh my gosh, I just left my words. But it's a feeling of not being um, 
having unconditional love or being like being left behind. So who, whatever, whoever was with me, I did everything and anything possible for them not to leave me. And I did that with, I think, with every single person that I had a relationship with. And fear of abandonment. Yeah, fear. it's the yeah. abandonment. Yeah, fear of get being abandoned. And I didn't understand it at first. And, and I, it, it all made sense to me because it is like the number one thing that I've always wanted. Someone to never leave me and to love me unconditionally. Like no matter what, they were going to love me. And I, I didn't get that. I, I kept, um, I didn't get none of those things. And um, I went through like a lot of hard patches. Um, my mother, um, she was very, it was a very difficult ride with her. Um, and I don't blame her because she had a very difficult childhood. So she didn't know any better, but I didn't get that much support from that. And my father was pretty much like the only person that really, that I saw in my eyes that never stopped loving me, no matter what, how many wrong things I did and boy, did I do them, but he never, he never <laughs> said, I don't love you anymore. You know, he never did that. So he was the one constant that showed you that you could be loved unconditionally. He, he was, but he still had, my father was somebody that, that didn't like to shake trees. He didn't mm -hmm. like um, to make um, big um, scenarios or fights. He wasn't that person. He wasn't a screaming, yelling person. He conformed to, you know, what was needed to be conformed. And I actually, um, I remember I was having problems um, in the household with your mom. And I said to my dad, I know you love her, so please put me in a boarding school. I'll, I'll be more than happy to leave and, you know, and be in a boarding school so that I don't make any more problems for you. And it was, it, it was really what I wanted because I knew that they, they loved each other and I was making a lot of problems. Do you think that those problems wouldn't have existed had you known that you were adopted from a younger age or maybe not found out in the manner in which you did? I've seen other people that have learned that they were adopted at a very young age. Like I say, like maybe five or six, they told them in gentle way, but they understood. And I think it would have been a little easier for me. I, I feel, and I don't know if all the wrong things I did was a cause of that. I don't know. I can't say, but I do know that if I would have known a little bit earlier and not to mention that, um, Things were said periodically before I knew I was adopted. Like my mother would be like, oh, I'm going to take you back to where you, I found you in the garbage. <laughs> and I thought that was a joke. But when I realized what it was that I was adopted, I came back to those words. And I was like, my God, what, she wasn't lying. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it hurt a lot. Um, they told me a lot of things about how I came into the, at first to their, you know, to their lives. Um, they said they found me in an orphanage um, church house and it was in the dirt. It was, it was, in a, it was very po uh, poor and they had about maybe 50 to 60 kids, uh, no shoes. We would eat from one pot, all of us with our hands. We weren't clean. <laughs> Um, and that's, you know, that those are things that I can't remember, but my subconscious remembers things. Um, I'm going to let you ask me another question. So I'll, I'll tell you about that later. Uh, do you remember at what age you started rebelling? Yes. I started rebelling at 13. Which is right after you found out. Yes. Okay. So that to me makes sense. I know that you said that you shortly got a mohawk. <laughs> I did. I put gum in my hair because I didn't want to. I didn't want to make it obvious, but I put gum on the top of my hair, and I went to dad and I said, "Hey, um, somebody put gum on top top of my hair. I need to fix it." And he, and he said, gave me money. He dropped me off at the mall. I came back with a mohawk, and he almost had a heart attack. 
He's and like, that was looking back now, that was your way of saying, I don't fit in. So I'm yes. going to make sure I don't. Oh, yeah. I, right. I completely transferred. I mean, completely everything. I, I even was supposed to have a 15th party and, and they couldn't really do it because I had a Mohawk. <laughs> they could have done it. <laughs> I didn't want one. I actually told them, no, 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 no. I'm Give me the money and I'll be happy to just spend it. So, yeah. But I felt um, really awkward, yeah. Especially yeah, when you came in too. When you both came in, um, it was the first time I, f- I saw how much two people can love a baby. And, and, and I, f- I, I, I remember now, as I'm old, um, I remember seeing that. And, and I wanted that, I wanted, I, I, I felt like I missed out on that because I wasn't little when they got me. I was already four. Right. And how do you think um, that could have transpired differently? Like if there's anything you could have changed about uh, that whole, you know, experience in itself of, you know, because I know that I've shared this with you where growing up, right, I felt guilty that you didn't have those things. And I felt guilty that you ended up going to boarding school. And I felt, it always felt like my coming into the family almost was what pushed you out. Um, And I know you always tell me, and I always say that you, like, you say this as a way to say it wasn't your fault, right? Because I mean, I was a child. I didn't right. know that. So no. I understand that now, right? However, I think uh, I, I like I I let go of feeling guilt over it because I realized I wasn't responsible for it, even though my presence did create for you to feel these things. And you going to dad and saying, "I don't want to cause any more problems. Send me away," was your way of saying, "I don't belong here." Yeah, and I wish he would have heard that and fought you know like fought for you do belong here and we'll deal with the problems right because i think that was a test and i love that you know dad like you knew dad's heart right and you knew that he just didn't like arguing and he didn't like he his thing was like okay let's re- let's solve this yeah uh but i think deep down that would have been the right response and obviously we we can't go back and change anything we can't go back and you know, do anything different because we weren't the ones doing it. And, um, but I think that sometimes looking back and understanding that maybe if we would have been in that position, I would hope that we, if we would have been in dad's shoes, we would have done something different. Right. And I think that the, you know, the idea of sharing this is that if somebody finds themselves in that type of position is that they, they realize that when kids, go through rebellious stages there's always a deeper desire of something that they are missing something that they want and this can happen in you know you know non-adopted families as well exactly you know there's a lot of signs all the time there's a lot of signs um i think that you know if if someone's going to adopt a child they should let them know ahead of time and also have some type of um, someone to talk to, like where they yeah. can express themselves of how they're feeling at the moment, you know, and and also if you know people to be sensitive with their words because it's it was just a lot, it was a lot, and you know you had no no part in this um, whatever happened. I actually was I told my dad over and over, please don't, I don't want this. Um, I don't want to meddle with you and, you know, and, and mom, I don't want you to have this. I Please just send me to boarding school. And I mean, yeah, deep down inside, I wanted to stay, but I felt like I was in the middle. I felt like I was in the way. I felt like I didn't belong. And, you know, I just thought it was the best solution. What could, I mean, I know that sometimes I think it's hard, right? Because like sometimes there are families that go through, you know, the adoption phase and then, or, or the adoption process, and then they have a child, right? And so it's hard to be able to reach maybe kids who are 
you know, like right now, I don't think a kid, how old you were 10, right? Like a 10 year old would be listening to, you know, because I think maybe if you knew it would have been different, but I don't know. Right. We don't know because we don't know. I think it, I think it had you known from the beginning, you may have reacted differently, but maybe also it could have triggered. Yeah. You the... never, I don't know. I don't know what would have happened. Like I can't right. say that I did all those things because of that. I don't know. Right. Maybe you wouldn't have done all that. But then at the moment I would have come into the picture, it could have triggered it. Like we, the truth is that we don't know. And I think that we have more resources now than maybe we did back then. However, um, sometimes people don't realize that, you know, you know, kids who you are, you know, bringing into your family, like they come with a lot of other things that you're not aware of. And so, yeah, definitely. I think you should put, them in some form of you know therapy you should attend therapy and especially if you're going to have another child because I was not adopted (laughs) but Mm -hmm. when my sister was born when Jenny was born I went through my own form of feeling abandoned Mm -hmm. because as we know now and I've talked to mom about this is that she thought the baby needed more attention. And so she had been obsessed with me, right? When I was born. And then the moment Jenny came into the picture, she she went ahead and put all of her focus on her, right? And the reality of it is that she just did what she thought she needed to do. She didn't do it intentionally. Right. But as a child, I felt abandoned and yeah. I felt unloved. And so the reality is that this can happen not just with adoption. This can happen with, you know, having your own children at home. That's and sometimes right. you do develop different relationships with each child. I think, and even with that, like sometimes you connect better with one child than you do with another. It's very and that, Yeah, and that in itself can create. And so I think no matter what, anytime there's a life change going on in somebody's life, I think it's important to say, hey, how we should look into talking to somebody about this to make sure that we're aware of what's happening that we because sometimes kids don't talk sometimes they don't understand what what is happening I was not even two years old when Jenny was born I didn't really know how to communicate what I was feeling Mm -hmm. but I know I felt it and looking back a lot of decisions that I made through my rebellious stage because I wasn't very rebellious at a young age but I feel like once I moved out I probably went through a really like like very rebellious stages in the sense of like me doing things that were harmful to myself. Hmm. And so um, even when I got pregnant with Andres, like if you think about it, like that, that in itself was part of my rebellion. And I think it's, it's interesting because I really wish obviously that, you know, our parents would have done things differently, but I'm glad that you're able to, talk about it now and look back on it and and I guess like how would you say that all like the experience of going through all that has shaped you in your parent your parental role like you have four four kiddos oh, <laughs> and that's you a good them at different stages in life and sometimes yeah. I I know myself I have found myself repeating patterns mm-hmm. not aware that I've repeated them I look back now and I'm like oh wow I didn't realize I was doing that so I think sometimes when we don't heal we yeah. tend to repeat it's and true. so have you been able to either catch yourself before or like be able to go back and be like oh wow I didn't I didn't realize I had done that in some way um I have um I remember being pregnant the very the first time with my oldest daughter and even though I had the worst pregnancy, I knew that this was going to be the first person that I was going to be connected to. It was like the first, I, I always said to people, this is, the, this is my first chain, my, my first link. And I couldn't wait to see her because I just, I didn't know. I mean, it's everywhere. You go to the doctor. Oh, do you have history? No, I don't know. Oh, um, you know, how, how, what do you think your baby's going to come out? I don't know. <laughs> it's, I don't have any, I don't have any pictures. I don't have any, you know, any data of what my natural, um, biological family looks like, or, you know, mother and father. So when Michelle, Michelle, my daughter, um, 
I was so eager to see what she would look like. And um, I was very happy. And um, with all my kids, because there's a lot of things that I did with these kids that I didn't get, which was um, the nurturing love, the unconditional love. But I, I feel like I did it to an extreme because no matter what happens, I I feel like um, I can just dismiss it because I don't want the disconnection to be ever there. I don't want to not see my kids or I don't want to ever not let go of my kids. I don't want to not give them, you know, um, love and, you know, affection. There's a lot of things that I didn't get that I wanted to give here, but there is some things I could see there that I could, that like my oldest son, I don't really have a great relationship with him. It's just weird. I tried uh, talking about it with him. He's a very reserved boy. Um, it's very hard to get five words out of his mouth, you know, and, and, and sometimes it worries me because I don't know. I don't know what he's thinking about. I don't know. I don't, I even told him, I don't even know your favorite color. Like, um, and he's almost a man. He's going to be 18 soon and it worries me. And, but it, you know, it's easy. Like your mom with, um, your older, your younger sister, it's just Sometimes it's easy to get along with a with a kid because you instantly connect. It's an instantly it's easy, right? So if you're a baby, yeah, 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 they need you. They need you. Yeah, so it's easy. You make a connection. Like my son, the other one, the youngest son I have. It's very easy for me to talk to him about anything. I could be in the car with him driving for eight hours, and we'll be talking nonstop. I can talk to my oldest one nonstop. Um, my other daughter, we have to, I, I, I feel like I can't talk certain things or she can't talk certain things to me because she thinks I may go nuts or crazy or I have too much to say. <laughs> so it's just a matter, I feel like a personality and a mother doesn't really do that, you know, like on purpose. I think like a friend of mine told me, I'm scared to have a second child. And I'm like, why? And she goes, because I feel like I'm not going to love this child as much anymore. I'm going to love the second one a little bit more. And I go, you'll always love them the same way. It's just that you might have a connection. I'm just right. going to throw it yeah. out. That's, that is the truth of, of every connection. Yeah, it does. I do think the connection is different. But I think that's why I say, like, as parents, we have to learn to adapt. Mm -hmm. to our children not the other way around because we are the way we are and that is a given but our children have their own personalities and I think sometimes uh, we try to like you know impose the way that they should be or like exactly. you know, I've heard parents say oh, I raised them all the same and look how different they are and it's like <laughs> because you didn't raise them that's the other part too like I recently heard this somewhere like you don't raise your children the same who right. you are when you had one child is completely different than who you are when you had another one that's and true and that's the reality. You may have, you know, like been 20, like uh, my mother had me at 23 and then she had my sister at 25. Who she was in, after the, the, those two years was a different version of herself. She had matured, she had changed. So we don't always get the same parents. And because, uh, and I think that that's, that's important because like no kid is ever gonna come out the same from the same household. They're all their own individual person. And so, yeah, having an, a, a, a different relationship with each child is hard. Like I here, as you know, like I don't have, you know, I have Andres who I gave birth to. And then I have my two other, you know, sons that I didn't give birth to. So I missed a big chunk of their lives and creating a relationship with them was, was difficult. It wasn't easy because I had to adapt. They're very different all three of them are extremely different yep. and sometimes I've caught like myself and even you know my you know my husband like trying to be the same with all of them and it's like that doesn't work yeah. and it's not that you you should have to change it's just adapting to how you connect with them and I think yeah but when they're when they close themselves off that's tough that's tough to navigate right because that's that could also feel for you like another form of rejection. It is. It's, it's, it's weird that you yeah. said that, but it's yeah. very true. Um, rejection to me is very hard. Um, even when somebody, I can tell that somebody doesn't like me, I, I will literally 
think about this for three or four days, even in my sleep. I will think about it. Why? Why doesn't she like, what, what is it that I did? You know, what did, did I smile too much? Did I talk too much? Did I not talk? Did I not? And it's, it's this thing about acceptings and, you know, from me and I, and I, I have had to like sometimes say, not everybody has to like you, Vanessa, not everybody yeah. has to like you. You and it's are. So cra- it's, it's, it's kind of crazy because like everything you're saying that you experience is things that I've experienced, right? Hmm. The need, and, and I've gotten better at it, right? But the need to feel like I connect with others. Like I started, like, yeah, the, the being liked, the being accepted. Yeah. The, the saying, I belong here. And the, the crazy part about it is that with two different experiences, and yet the end result, kind of the same, maybe at different levels, right? Yeah, it's the because same. Because yours is deeply rooted in the fact that you feel as if you were abandoned. Yeah. And then you found out you were adopted. So that made you feel like you didn't belong. And therefore, all you've wanted to do is belong. Yep. Um, you do belong. You do I belong. do belong. I belong to a very big family, you know. <laughs> and not only that, you belong. Like I, this is the one thing that I feel has helped me. I belong to myself. Oh. And a lot of times, I feel like you, we we betray ourselves to try to fit in with others. When in reality, if you don't fit in, don't try. Like that's not your people. Then, that when you don't so... fit, it's because you're not meant to be there. You can't fit everywhere. And that's that's the one thing that I realize. It's like yeah, I don't really want to fit everywhere because then who am I? You lose yourself. That's and then you never true. really, you never really know who you are. If you're just constantly like trying to fit in everywhere, it's nice to connect. And I think that's what I feel like. I, I like connecting with people. I like having like a deep connection. I always like crave that, but I realize that sometimes the same, well, you just mentioned like that whole, like, Sometimes you lay there thinking like, oh, what did, you know, like, did I do something wrong? You know, and, and I've done that. I can still sometimes do that. I just like kind of tell myself, it's okay. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It's easier said than done. But it's, it's very like, easier practice. said than done. I try, I've done that even with my own kids, you know, like we'll get into a little spat and one of them will be like, oh, you know, mom, just don't, you know, don't worry about it. And I cannot stop worrying about it. It's like, it doesn't, it it, it just eats me up. I can't even sleep. I can't work. And, and you know, they don't know that. And, and I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, I'm, I'm killing myself. <laughs> but it's it's hard. Um, and I don't know if it's, well, I mean, it, I, I don't know. Because you, you go through it, too, and you're not adopted. So, I mean, right. I just, I, I, I know that I have felt the that abandonment fear with a lot of people. And and it, it just I've learned that I've had to rediscover myself. I've remembered myself as a child, and um, tears just came down my face because I I felt that little girl's pain, and um, I learned to love myself all over again. It took me a long time to do that. I'm glad that you're doing that and that you've done that because there's people that may never you know, reach that point where they, you know, have that awareness to be able to say, I can love myself, right? Yeah. And it, you could sit here, sometimes we could sit and say like, oh, look how long it took. But hey, you did it. You did it. And yeah. you're still doing it. And you're still working at it. And I think that that's beautiful, because you deserve that. You totally deserve that. We yeah. all deserve it. Every but, day. Like I, yeah. So one question, which I know the answer to, but I'm going to ask you, like, if I didn't, uh, have you ever felt a sense of curiosity or desire to search for your biological family? And how do you navigate those emotions? I navigate those emotions pretty much almost on a daily basis. Um, Just because I see people that look like their parents, you know, and, you know, like, I'm always looking at a, a, like, I'm always looking at a, a mother or a father with their kid and like, oh my God, they look so much alike. And I see my kids that look like me and I'm always with the feeling of, I wonder if I look like my mom or my dad or somebody. And but you have searched. 
I have searched. I've wanted to search. I've been trying to search, and I have done the 23andMe, and I've discovered I have, like, a gazillion cousins. I'm in a nice group with all my cousins, but I've never been able to make a connection or a picture or something more than a name of my parents. Um, it's been hard. Um, back then, back then, um, you know, people had a lot of kids. And um, apparently, I, I have two birth certificates. And um, I might have been, I don't have proof of it, it's almost there. I can see it, um, that I might have been um, baby napped from my mother oh. and sold. Wow. And, and that's why there's like duplicates of information. And that was, you know, and then and I realized my mother probably might have been a young person, not an adult. She might have been a young person. So through those cousins, you've never been able to find like that no. connection, right? No, I've only found third cousins, very nice people. And it's it's a good feeling. I mean, like, oh my God, you're my third cousin. And I've I've pretty much kept in touch with three of them. You know, we say hello to each other pretty much periodically through social media, thank you. But um, yeah, when I did that 23andMe and I saw how many cousins I had and how much con how many connections, I, I was really mind blowing. It was almost emotional to see it. It was like the gift that I, it was a big gift that was given to me to find out that. But I would still would love to know anything. I would love to see a picture of my mother or my father I really would. Um, you've, it's, you've, it doesn't end. It doesn't end for me. Like I always wish I could see that. I can. I can imagine that. Have you? You've gone to Costa Rica, right? I went to Costa Rica, and it's that feeling when you go to somewhere and you were. <laughs> it's like I looked around and I looked like if I found a trillion twins of mine everywhere, like everybody looked like me and I couldn't believe it. I, it was like a, a black being that came back into the soup. I was like, oh my God, I feel a big connection. I look like these people. And, and while you were there, you didn't, like, were you able to maybe like go through like records or try to find? Costa Rica is in, um, a third world country. They don't have any computers. So everything yeah. is in a little paper. And um, my ex-husband spent like two weeks there going through paperwork, little by little, to find um, my actual birth con uh, birth certificate. And it was it's just very outdated. You don't really you you can't find things, especially um, from where I came from. That church was um, it got burned. Um, it doesn't exist. Um, a lot of things, a lot of uh, things got erased. They don't keep records too for that long. Yeah, no, I could, I can imagine that. Um, and siblings, you not siblings. Found I don't know if I do have them. They said one of them said that I do have it. The other one said I don't. And then I meant like certificates. Like at first they said I didn't exist. So I was like, well, I'm on the phone with you. So yeah, I I do exist. Um, then they came up with an other certificate that had a different date of birth and uh, an actual. Okay, it had a different place where that I came from Panama and transported to Costa Rica. So who knows? These are stories I'll never probably get be able to um, get. I don't know what really happened. And so is there something that you're doing to kind of allow yourself to, because I, I always say like, I don't think you should give up, right? But sometimes it's not helpful to hold on to things that you know you've done everything in your power to get but like have you given yourself the space and the time to grieve the possibility that you may never know um I have given me I've given myself the, the possibilities that I may never know yes I don't dwell on it anymore like I used to I used to dwell on it a lot like I it was nothing it was it was everything that I thought of but I've, I've come to realize that maybe I'll never know. Um, maybe I will know someday before I, go, uh, before I pass this world. Um, I've had some vivid dreams 
with a woman that I felt a very, I mean, I, I could honestly think that it was her, my mother. But other than that, I mean, I, I'm okay if I never find out because, you know, I'm going to meet her one day anyways. Right. So that's, that's my whole mental right now. So if I don't see her or I don't see a picture of her now that I'm alive, I will see her again. Or her or him. <laughs> <laughs> or both of them. Yeah. Uh, what do you think are some common misconceptions about adoption? Um, that I think some misconceptions, and I've talked about this recently, just recently, that even though you're not giving birth to this person, um, this person's going to love you like you're their parents. Because I don't know anybody else that I call mom and dad. I don't know anyone else. And to me, that is my dad, and and, and my mother was my mother. That's the I, I could never call her anything else because I didn't know anything else. So if you're thinking about, because you can't have a baby or something, and you don't want, you, you feel like on the fence of adopting somebody, even if they're grown, let's pretend. I mean, they're going to, it's, it's, it's a very big thing to give that, person yourself to them to to raise them to love them you know and that's what that person is hoping for for you to love them and never leave them i mean that is like the number one thing that a child's head is going through are they gonna leave me or am i if i if i'm bad are they gonna throw me back are they gonna it's you know it's just very heartbreaking but they're not gonna tell you that but i think they'll always think about that i i thought about it many times And you never said it, right? I never said it, no. I, I, it was something that I never spoken. You know, like I said, I, I go th I've been through relationships the same way. Like I've done everything, even neglected my own, you know, my own beliefs, loves, things that I love to death. I, I, I let that go to, be, to remain with that person because I didn't want to be abandoned or start all over again alone. And, you know, I think anybody that thinks that may want to adopt, the only thing they should know is that they should love that person. That, that It's like, if you're going to adopt a kid, please love them forever, <laughs> because that's the most important thing that they, that child needs. How about uh, as far as cultural, right? Um, obviously, you were adopted by a Cuban family. Do you think that... Um, our dad and your mom, and even my mom at some point could have done something to kind of embrace your culture that would have allowed, especially after you found out. Huh. Because obviously before that, like I always think like a lot of times adoptions come from other places or, you know, different cultures. Like what, what can parents do or what do you wish, you know, that your parents would have done? to embrace your culture and make it a part of your life because that is kind of something that I feel like gets ripped away, but it's still inside. Right. Huh? That's a great question. Um, to be honest with you, I do believe strongly that if you're going to adopt a, a child that is from a different culture, you should incorporate it with, with your culture and, you know, do learn, make, you know, learn that, you know, of that culture with them and, you know, do things like that. But to be honest with you, um, I, because I was raised in the Latin family, I didn't think of it that I was neglected. That That's one thing I didn't feel any neglect because I went to Costa Rica. It's pretty much almost the same food that I ate at home. I mean, their, their main dishes were rice, black beans and eggs. And I, that's what I grew up with. And, I, I didn't I didn't see that, but if it's from a very drastic culture, I would say yes. You know, please <clears throat> learn the culture, have them, you know, be a part of that culture. Because I mean, I think that would be very important and essential part. Okay. And uh, have you ever encountered any instances of prejudice or ignorance regarding adoption? 
prejudice from being adopted or ignorance. Um, I mean, not prejudice, but I didn't experience some <clears throat> within the family, but nothing. Well, I mean, I, could, I, I can't say 100% accurately, but it, it, I think it might have happened outside of the family as well. Um, where I was being spoken about and said, oh, she's, you know, they didn't even want her. <laughs> you know, um, I had somebody tell me, I, I overheard somebody, one of my uh, relationships say the same thing. Um, if, 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 you know, you're, you don't have anyone, they didn't even want you to begin with and nobody wants you now. So you don't have anyone. And that, you know, I believe that. I really did. That was that was said to hurt you though. That was really said That's, to hurt me. But, yeah, that, but it did it, it did like in my brain, I literally said to myself, they're actually correct. I, I I actually did digest that and and took it all in. Well, I mean, you've just said that there's a possibility you may have been not like baby napped, right? Yeah. Like from your yeah. mom. Yeah. So that may not even be true. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know what's true anymore. I just know that there's there's information that are different back and forth. Um, and I don't, and I can't, comp and the way the trail goes, it wasn't what I thought it was. And, and I'm, I just, I just don't have any proof of it. I think a lot of times things aren't what we think they are, because I think our mind tends to go to what the worst thing is. Yeah. And, and in some ways I've always, I've always um, said that you were chosen. Right. So, yeah. uh, and you say, you said that you chose dad and I thought I think maybe it'd be nice I don't know to hear that what why yeah. why I'm you chose tell you the story behind it um my parents came in to the church I was almost they I they told me this and I instantly <laughs> thought about Stuart Little so they opened the doors and they said that a bunch of kids came through and there was a bunch of kids everywhere but they were all dirty and my mother was fixated on this little girl that had black hair and she had blue eyes. Um, she did, she, I don't know what it was. I think she had something with her leg. One, I don't know what it was. I can't ex remember what um, this person told me, but I remember that my, I, I it, it kind of reminds me, but I can't remember it. It's like a light dream. Like I can't remember it very well, but they told me this, that I, when I saw my dad, I literally threw myself on the floor and cleaned his shoes with my dress that I had on. And he told my mom, this is the girl that we're going to choose. And my mom's like, no, 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 no. We want this one. We want this, the one with the black hair and blue eyes. And he goes, nope, this is the girl we're going to have. She's cleaning my shoes. And there it was. So you did choose him. But I did. I, I chose say, him. I wanted yeah. to, I guess I, I wanted to leave. And, I, and you so, obviously don't remember any of that right I don't remember anything like that but I I clean a lot of shoes here and I don't know what it is with shoes but I clean shoes <laughs> <laughs> I try to dust my shoes I'm always trying to clean my shoes myself and I think about it I'm like I don't know what it is if this is like something that my mother did who knows because I was four so I don't know if I was always four in that church I don't know I have no clue I don't know if I was just let go and separated. I don't know. Hmm. So are there any like uh, resources or support networks that you've ever like, you know, reached out to or had that you feel have been helpful to you? Or is that not any something that you haven't really ever looked into? No, I never really looked into it. Honestly, I've never really talked to other adoptees. Um, watched a lot of shows with them and I always get very emotional even in, in movies that are something to do with an adoption I get emotional um, I was uh, watching a video from my work one day and it was that they had built these homes um, in Ecuador I think um, they built these a bunch of homes for people that couldn't afford homes and when you saw the, and in the video, you would see little kids, very poor. And I started crying uncontrollably and I didn't understand what it was. And there was a little girl in that video and, sh and 
I don't know what it was, but I felt like I was seeing myself in that video. And I had to leave the room and collect myself because I was just, I was shaking of crying that much. And I was like, oh my gosh, where is this coming from? <laughs> like my boss was like, what's wrong with you? I go, I don't know. I don't know where this is coming from. What but, do you mean? I mean, I could totally tell you where that's but coming But it's just from that. like, I didn't know why I was going to get so sensitive and, and emotional, but that little girl it, looked just like me. And there she, you go. And I was that's like, why oh I my say, like, I say, um, a lot of times, like people get all bent out of shape over like, you know, characters and movies being changed from what the original, you know, character was. But I think like sometimes seeing things um, where you're being represented, like there's a part of you, we're all different. And so representation in, in media and, in, you know, and all that in movies, I think is so important. And, and in a way, like, okay, like you were watching something that gave you like it made you emotional. So, I mean, that doesn't sound positive, but in reality, maybe that was an emotion that needed to come out. Yeah. So in reality, it's not that it's negative either, right? Like maybe that was something, it triggered something in you that, mm -hmm. you know, you just, like you said, you don't know where it came from, but it came from within. And I think that sometimes that's necessary. Sometimes we tend to not have certain emotions. We have them like, you know, tucked away and then certain things just trigger it and yeah. it's because it needs it needs to come out my subconscious mind literally opened the door and it just came out i think it yeah. was it was healthy though because it made me think a lot you know um about myself but i was at first i couldn't i i, I kept saying i don't i can't stop crying i i don't <laughs> and it wasn't i had to leave the room everybody was like staring at me like why is this woman crying or watching a video <laughs> And um, yeah, did you, did you tell them afterwards? Like, do they know that you're adopted? Like, um, why that? Day? I didn't tell my. I, I didn't say it to anybody really. I just said that I felt really sad for those kids. That's what came out. Gotcha. Okay, so how do you feel about the portrayal of adoption in like our culture now nowadays? Like, what kind of betrayal? Like, what? Not not betrayal portrayal like how it's portrayed hmm. like in pop culture you know like how or like are there any particular portrayals or narratives that resonate with you like obviously you just shared one but um I, anything... I don't know but when I see when I see like things like some people have adopted kids I still feel when I see it, I don't know if it's because of myself that I, what I'm remembering, but I still see like disconnections and I don't know what it, if that is accurate or not. I, I don't see it as a natural family unit. Yeah. I, there's a lot. And I recently, I think it was last year um, when they passed the law uh, to ban abortions that I started looking and reading into different things about how, one of the reasons why they were trying to do that is because adoptions are low. Wow. Because yeah. people aren't having as many kids yeah. and how much of a like moneymaker adoption in our country is. And that's in our country. I mean, obviously in other countries, I'm sure it is as well. Um, and one of the things that like, there was a, there's a big advocacy for people not adopting babies. Huh. because it's traumatic it's uh, and I didn't know this I never knew this and having a sister that was adopted I was like wait what do you mean like I would rather have my sister than not have her yeah um, but because there is a trauma and and so a lot of times it's like a person is trying to meet a need right with a baby right and so taking a baby yeah I get it the baby's not with the mother anyways right but taking a baby and putting it in a whole different environment like that baby's already gone like it's already gone through trauma yeah and now you're re-traumatizing it so like I always feel very like like uh I'm on the fence about it right because I, we wouldn't have you if that wasn't even a possibility but how I think like how there's a good and a bad to everything right I think it's I think it's great that people are you know like especially that are, like our dad you know, and your mom decided to go over there 
and they chose you and then they brought you over here and I got an ex, got a sister, you know, like I was, you know, and so I love the way our relationship has developed. I love the fact that you've grown up in our family. I love that you, I have, you know, my nieces because of you, because, but, but the, but, but there's this other part of it that makes me think like, you know, there's a bad side to that process, right? Where people abuse that system. It's not just they a do. need. It's, it's become a money, like a, a business that actually brings money in. So they want babies to be able to make that money. And that's sad that because now, sad. These ch- now these children are being utilized in a way that is not healthy because not everybody that adopts is able to, like you look, no matter what, like, yes, I'm glad that you came into our, in our, into our family but there was a lot of mistakes made and it's not to say that mistakes aren't going to be made or that any family is going to be perfect because like I said, mistakes are made even with, you know, like your biological children, nobody's perfect. But what I'm saying is that like there's just, there's no perfect system to anything, but like things that should be used for good are being misused for bad. And I think sometimes that's, those are things I didn't know before. I had never even looked into that. I'd never read about it. And I don't know if you've even read about it or how, how you feel about it. Because I think sometimes like the portrayal of adoption is about like, you know, people helping people out to avoid, you know, having an abortion. And yes, I, I've always said personally, I feel very, I, I personally, right? Like I've had, I got pregnant once. Mm-hmm. And I considered it, right? But I didn't end up doing it. And so I didn't think I would be able to go through with it. But I'm, I'm big on the fact that I can't choose that for somebody else and that everybody's situation is different. Right. And, you know, I, I think that while it's nice that there's people out there that, you know, and it's beautiful that people are out there willing, you know, and they're great parents and they raise their, you know, they adopt and they bring children into this world. Like I would not have wanted you to not exist. I'm grateful that you exist. Um, yeah, but at the same time, is it happening to the extent where now it's being missed? You know, like it, it's it's done incur- like it's done for the wrong reasons. Yeah, I I can see. I I haven't really heard about these things, but I I think I mean I've seen people adopt. Like I hear about it for the wrong reasons, and I can see it the way they treat that kid, and it it literally makes me sick. Um, or, you know, or people, when they say, oh, you know, I can't have kids and I'm like, well, you know, you can always adopt. And of course I throw in that line, I'm adopted, (laughs) but they're like, it's not the same. And, and you don't know what they're going to come out like, and you don't know if they're going to be this and that. I'm like, you don't know that either when you're going to have a natural baby. Yeah. I don't even understand what what you're saying. I don't. But that's an honest answer, though. To me, that person shouldn't adopt. Because if they have that many worries about it, then the reality is that they're not going to treat that child like yeah, their own, right? Yeah, it's true. So that's very true. That, to me, I'd rather hear that, even though it sounds harsh. But the reality is that that person's probably not equipped to take on a child. I hear that with people not wanting to, like, date, you know, like, they, like they don't want to date anybody that has kids. Oh, because they can't yeah. imagine raising somebody else's kids. And nowadays, that's kind of tough. that's kind of tough I mean either you find somebody and you meet them quick and you you know but the older you get the harder that is and so and it's it is a difficult thing to to take on right very much a lot of things and people don't understand that I I I tell people you are so blessed you don't have a a a mixed family because it's a lot of things to you have to yeah, it's a lot of it's just a lot of work and it's I think a lot of work you put in relationships you put in people then now you're talking different personalities sometimes different cultures like all that creates for a lot of work and like I am grateful right for the fact that I put in the work at the time it was hard as hell but looking back I'm like it was worth it mm-hmm. and I think sometimes people don't want to work they don't want to put in the work and and I get it because life is exhausting sometimes, but, um, but I also think that there's things that you learn about yourself through relationships, through having challenging relationships. If you're willing to see what it brings out in you and then be like, okay, I need to deal with this, that you're not going to see if you just have good, comfortable relationships. Yeah. And so that work 
is I think a part of like living and growing and and I think it's just I guess everybody to each their own right and well I mean so, if you work at it it you get what you have like when I see your family I think it's a beautiful family I think it's like you both have done so much work with the kids and it doesn't even look I I mean I I I, I when I see you guys I was like man they're they're so lucky there's they these everybody in this room is so lucky to have each other and I love I love to, that you have that I've always been so happy that you've you found that and he found that with you as well yeah, so it's it's really and, and the work and the work doesn't that's the thing like it, it doesn't end because these kids get older and so with as they age then there's different things coming up but yeah the fact that we feel like a like not feel like I, it is a real family it is a real and that's family. why I, and that's why I truly believe that you don't have to be blood to have a real family you don't mm-hmm. you absolutely don't that can totally happen um because sometimes you have friends that really feel like family and uh, it's really the bond you create with people the ability to allow yourself to be seen to be vulnerable with each other to grow with each other to just you know be real and I think that um that can happen in any situation we just have to allow ourselves to get to that. yeah and if when you don't you it just doesn't happen you know and it's yeah. sad because everybody loses in that kids you everybody so is there anything else you'd like uh, our listeners to know or understand about adoption based on like your own story well um, adoption is something big for me as you guys all know I I don't talk about it that much with people (laughs) and um, but it's a everyday thing for the person that has been adopted Every day, and no matter how old they are or how young they are, when they know, it's going to be something in their head all the time. So if they have a healthy relationship and they talk to someone about their feelings, I think um, they'll grow better and they'll, you know, they'll feel better about themselves as an adult versus not telling them or you think they're not ready because they're a little kid. Little kids can understand things a lot. And um, I think that the sooner you tell them, the sooner it, it the better it is. And um, always be careful with your words around adopted people because they, you know, they feel that pain, regardless. Sensitive, yeah. Yeah, it's very, it's a very sensitive topic. You know, I've never been able to um, shrug it off. It's 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 a good one. It's a it's a big one. <laughs> But I'm so happy that you've asked me to talk about this. I'm very, you know, I'm I have very one honored. More question. Oh, okay, go. It's 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 more like as a, as we wrap it up, I've been wanting to come up with a question to ask. Oh, like the question. I always I always mess with the question. I know this bit. question. Um, I think. No, there's no way you know it's different every time because I'm um, trying to find the question. I don't know. Maybe this is it. So, uh. I'd like to touch on the topic of vulnerability, right? Because I feel like that's what my podcast is about. Like the idea is to allow yourself to be vulnerable. And today you were completely and totally vulnerable because you shared something that is, um, you know, it's sen- like you said, it's sensitive to you. It's, a, it's basically a huge part of your life. And you shared things that, you know, you're still struggling with because of, you know, your experience and being adopted and how you found out. So first, I'd like to thank you for you know, allowing yourself to be vulnerable. Um, so my question is, uh, how has embracing vulnerability impacted your life? And what advice would you give to our listeners about the power of vulnerability in their own journeys? I think being vulnerable makes a big difference, even if it's one person listening, because they will have an instant connection and they will feel like, hmm, it's not, it, I'm not alone in this. And I, I, even though it can be hard, it's also therapeutic for yourself to talk to be vulnerable because you're letting go, you're talking about it, um, you're not holding it in, and um, I've 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 been very um, I've been blessed to talk about this and openly. If anybody asks me a question, I'm more than happy to talk about it, and um, I just think being vulnerable is a big 
part of being a human being because you can make a big difference in someone else's um, heart, mind, and life. You know, I mean, it's a big thing. I, I've, I've heard other people talk about things that they're going through that are similar to me as well. Um, and it's made me like feel a big connection and I feel better. I don't feel like I'm the only person struggling through what I'm going through. So if anybody has things that they want to talk about, I think they should. They will make a big difference in somebody's life. Thank you. And thank you again for coming on here, for sharing, for allowing yourself to be vulnerable, for, you know, for always looking at people's hearts. That's one thing I will say that growing up, my connection with you was that no matter what, I think that I've always seen that in you. And that even through your rebellious stages, (laughs) I remember writing to you when you moved to New York and like there was always this sensibility to your your connection and your relationship with me and how you treated me and I'll always thank you for that because even though you were going through something difficult you never changed how uh, I'm getting you how you treated me yeah that's all I've ever wanted I've always wanted to be loved all the time and I never wanted to lose that no matter how many hurts words things what happened? I, I'm a very forgiving person. Um, I don't hold any grudges. I don't care if if the wrong decision was made back then. Um, I don't think of it of anything like that. I just I just want to keep loving who I love. And you are a big person in my life. Like you and, and Jenny and everybody in my family that I don't even see that much often. I still love them very, very, very deeply. And I feel it. And so, you know, I just wanted to say that you you love deeply and it is felt and received on this end. So I hope that I can or I have been able to and I continue to, you know, love you as deeply as you deserve and as deeply as you've been able to love me. So thank you. I love you so much. Thank you so much. And I was just thinking about something. I'm going to say it. I'm going to have to listen to this, too, huh? <laughs> if you're my loyal listener, I don't listen. I am a loyal listener, and I'm gonna be listening to it. I think I'm gonna take one day <laughs> off because I have to digest. <laughs> well, I'd love to hear your feedback. I will. I'm gonna. <laughs> Thank you so much for. I've been waiting for this, so I hope I'm a, I'm a repeated guest. I have many other okay. topics to talk about. So yeah, love it. Thank you. Thank you. Bye, bye, guys. Bye. Bye.